Hello! Welcome! You're listening to A Cup of Chatter with me, Ines Santos. And me, Anastasia Coutinha. <laughs> if you already know us from Forge, welcome back. We've missed you. However, if this is your first time listening to us, let me tell you a little bit about our show. Our show is an interactive opinion show about everything and anything. We basically pick a different topic every week and we talk about it and we have fun with it, but we also get your opinion on it. We have different interviews each week or we do polls on Twitter, on Instagram and we get your opinion on it. Basically, we just want to interact with you and kind of flesh out these different topics. Yep. And for our first show back, we had so many topics to choose from, like the world is no, in chaos, I mean, <laughs> you know. Uh, but we had to address the elephant in the room, which is yep. the Black Lives Matter movement, which Ooh. has been louder than ever. Racism is uh, an issue that is being tackled every day now and has caused so much positive change in the span of just one month. Yes, it's, it's been... Really, like it evolved really fast, but it's been really amazing. However, before we get into the topic of Black Lives Matter, and believe me, we have a lot of things to discuss and an amazing interview coming up, we do have a new segment. Because things are a bit bleak and the world is a little bit dark lately, we wanted to bring some positivity back in your lives. So yes. we decided to do yeah, the Dash of positivity, positivity segment. We pick something every week that is either very positive or it's going to make people laugh. It's a bit of a competition because we have to make each other laugh as well. So let's start. Ines, do you want to start? Yes, I'm going to start. And you know... Even if the world is going mad, do you know something that is always consistent in our society? Memes. Memes are always here. No, here's the thing. I'm very uneducated with memes, so please go ahead. I know nothing about memes. Don't worry. I'm gonna give you a lesson on one of the most popular memes, uh, memes of the year. It's the Karen meme. Okay, so she's a woman. And she's characterized as like an irritating, entitled... Oh, and she always calls the manager. That's like her main thing. So she... an average middle-aged white woman. Yeah, basically. Like she always has Gonna like a blonde... <laughs> she always have like, has like a blonde hair and like a friend, you know, bangs. French. Yeah, Karen like has been all over the internet like if someone is not happy about something they just say they're a Karen and that they want to call the manager because it's unforgivable even in the Black Lives Matter protest says a lot of people with signs saying that stop this or we're calling the manager or something like that and where has this came from so basically Nintendo Re, uh, like um, Nintendo. Yeah, Nintendo released uh, the first trailer for the Nintendo Switch, and in the trailer, there's a woman that brings the Switch to a rooftop party. And that day, Tumblr used uh, Joe Maytar user. It's it's a user. It's a user. Joe Maytar. Joe Maytar. <laughs> so he posted a joke about the woman arriving at the party with the caption saying like, Oh no, Karen brought her stupid Nintendo thing to the party again. We're drinking, Karen. We're having conversations. And it just blew up. And this comes from 2016, you know. This has been a long time. And it actually, the term Karen was the final urban dictionary on to, in 2018. Wow. And, yeah, and I've only heard about it like this year. To be honest with you, I've been hearing about Karen for the past year, but I never knew what it meant. Like everyone was like, oh, you're such a Karen. I'm like, what do you mean? Are you a Karen, Anna? I, I don't know, maybe sometimes. <laughs> oh. I think we all, we all hide a little Karen inside That's of us. We true. all have a little Karen. 
Yeah, but that's basically it. Now in 2020, it just came around again because there was an hashtag called, um, and then Karen snapped. Like, it can be anything. Like, oh, um, my toast is cold. Hashtag, and then Karen snapped. That's my dash of positivity. I think Karen is bringing positivity to the world. <laughs> I'm actually, I, I have to look up the Karen meme on Twitter now because I never encountered it and I kind of want to use it now. I feel like I've been missing out on things. Yes, please do. I will. And then I'll spam you with it. Like every time I talk to you or I like a nag about something, I'll be like, hashtag, and then Karen snapped. It was you. <laughs> Anyways, what's and... your dash of positivity, Anna? Actually, um, I found this amazing Instagram account on, well, Instagram, and that's called The Happy News by Emily Coxhead. And she basically posts different like happy news in like almost every day. And I found something in her Instagram account that made me kind of, uh, it was, it made me like melt. So some museums have um, free entries, so you don't have to pay and others you have to pay. But sometimes they open their doors for free to, you know, certain groups or blah, 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 blah. This particular museum, the Nelson Atkins Museum of Art in Kansas City, I think, opened its doors to three penguins (laughs) and let them literally wander around and look at paintings. Yes. Oh my God. That's... I want to see that. Imagine like the penguins walking in a museum. They were adorable. They were so small and they were looking at the art and they were actually stopping in front of the paintings and they were looking at the paintings and it was the cutest freaking thing ever. Please, please send me that. Please. I'll send it to you. Also, the, the cutest thing about it was actually their names. So they're called Bubbles, Maggie and Berkeley. They named the penguin Bubbles. That's, oh. that's so cute. That's so cute. Yeah. Well, um, I hope we made you laugh or smile at least. And now let's get into the serious stuffiness. Let's let's, oh let's get God. serious. Let's put a serious song. Basically, we're starting. What we are doing first is like a chronology of everything that happened. So you keep on track. We keep on track. Everyone keeps on track of yep. what happened. And we're just gonna comment on the events until we go for I until, <laughs> and then we'll go for an interview. So listen to an opinion of a third person because we don't like it's. It's not fair to just have our opinions, right? Yeah. We're not that special. We're not. <laughs> Ripe steer away. Oh my god. <laughs> so, a 46-year-old black man died while in custody of, of a white police officer called um, Derek Chauvin, I think his Chauvin. name is. Chauvin. 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 It's very French. <laughs> and basically what happened is that the officer held his knee on um, Floyd's neck for 8 minutes and 46 seconds while Floyd was handcuffed and he was, you know, begging and he was saying, I can't breathe. And someone filmed that in a video and posted it on social media. And from then an uproar kind of started and people started protesting and it started this whole movement. Yeah, this is what ignited it, basically. Like yeah. everyone, I feel like everyone in the Western world, world at least knows who George Floyd is. I mean, yeah. this is kind of... Okay, so first of all, I want to share my experience on the day. So it was May, 5th, uh, May 25th. It was my mom's birthday. Oh, happy so, belated birthday to her. It's all right. So basically, I had no idea who he was uh, because whenever I went to Twitter and I saw video I saw that a lot of people were posting the same video but it seemed violent so I was like I'm not gonna watch this I don't know what this is I thought it was just like uh, you know something random on Twitter because there's loads of these um, but then I decided I saw a lot of insta stories talking about the same thing so I decided to make an insta story asking what the hell is going on and that's when I realized I've, I think I've only realized like two days later or something like that 
another thing that I want to mention is, uh, I mean, why now? Like, there's been so many people like George Floyd. Why do you think this has happened now? Well, I didn't see the video on May 25th. I actually saw it, I think, like a day later or two days, probably, because I was just ah, assignments and exams and I just wasn't on Twitter and everything. But I went on Twitter and I saw it and I clicked on the video and I think it rattled me so much um, because we know that racism is something that we know that exists but we don't necessarily acknowledge it. Like we know that black people are dying in America and maybe even in, in the UK. And maybe, I know maybe maybe. maybe. <laughs> Um, and we know that, you know, they're discriminated against, they don't get fair chances, but we don't acknowledge it. Because people died in America before George Floyd in the same year. Brianna um, died on, in March and no one talked about her until George. But I think it was seeing that man dying, watching him yeah. um, saying, I can't breathe and like watching someone literally not give a damn about him and just casually leaning his knee on that man's neck without even like caring yeah. that kind of rattled us and woke us up at least yeah. it did me like i literally could not stop thinking about it i don't know how are feeling the people that like filmed it that were there and did nothing and i know yes like i know that you know, they were scared, they were terrified probably, and they believed that if they did something, they were also gonna kill him, them, them or something. I don't but, think so. That's the yeah, thing, I, I was I so angry. Well. Yeah. No, I, I agree with you, because the, actually the first thing that I thought about that day was that it was mind-boggling bong to me, like, it, it was borderline ridiculous, the fact that so many people had the time to make a video out of it, take photos of the cops and take photos of George Floyd, but no one stepped in. They just were like, oh, you're gonna kill him. Well, yeah, he is, but no yeah. one stepped in and I was so incredibly angry. And then I started thinking if I was there, what I would have done in their place. Um, and it's something like a lot of us need to start thinking, like if this happens in front of us, we don't have, we, like we don't, we shouldn't take our phones out and take a video of it. Yeah. We should actually step up this time. I think that um, the filming part, at least one person or two people filming, it's good because maybe before there were like black people that did not die because someone stepped in but didn't film and no one knows about this. But because they filmed, now it's known worldwide, you mm -hmm. know? So like they should have stepped in and filmed. There we go. I think. Yeah, I think it opened our eyes for every single person individually mm -hmm. and made us think and made us actually like try to educate ourselves, which is yeah. the most important thing. And I would just like to ratify that we don't just care about. I, I know that George Floyd ignited, but I just had like a list of some names of like people who died since George Floyd. That like yeah, I do yeah. just like mention some because I, I mean because we care about all the individuals yeah. who is not just yeah. go ahead please okay so Robert Fuller, Malcolm Marsh, Tete or Otis Goule, Richard Brooks, Jamal Floyd, Sean Monterosa, Sean Monterosa, Raya Milton, Dominique Fels, Tony McDaidy. McDaddy, McDad. Oh my God, I'm so sorry. Eric Salgado and Toyin Salau. And I'm sorry if I didn't say the, any name correctly, but I just had to mention it. That's really, it's actually really amazing because a lot of people have died after George Floyd during the protests or not even in the protests. Mm -hmm. Like there was um, a homeless guy that an, an officer shot. Um, he was sleeping in his car and he. I don't know what happened exactly, but he shot him. 120 lives have been lost since George Floyd by police officers. Since George Floyd? Since George Floyd, 120. Are you serious? I didn't know that. That's ridiculous. Yeah. 
I think it's until someone kind of like brings all those names in front of you and kind of makes you see what's been going on and opens your eyes that you're like, oh fuck, I've been missing so many things. I haven't been paying attention. Mm-hmm. And it's gonna be like a huge pro- process. Like every single person says that it's not gonna be something that changes from one day to the other. It's gonna be something that we're gonna be working on for the rest of our lives. But we are starting to work on it, mm-hmm. which is the least we can do. So um, after May 25th, on it, what was amazing about this protest is that it kind of blew up, as we said, in literally the next day. Um, many different areas in America started protesting and by the 27th, I think, it had spread outside the US and started... Uh, Actually, the 28th. Yes, the 28th, sorry. It had spread outside the US and went internationally and it reached the United Kingdom, New Zealand, Canada, Brazil. Greece was a bit late to the party as always, but um, <laughs> you, when was when did the protest start in Port- Portugal? Oh my god, I don't remember the day, but I know it was on the same day as Sheffield protest. Yeah. So it was probably um, like two weeks ago? Three? Yeah, yeah. Maximum two weeks ago. But talking about the fires, it was also on May 28th that Minneapolis police forensic burned down. And what yes. do you think about that? Oh, I saw something on Instagram by someone saying, because um, a lot of they have been criticized for, you know, starting fires and everything sometimes. First thing to stress is that not a lot of, like, it's not the majority of protests that do, do these things. Actually, most of the protests that you don't see in media, like you, if, if they're they're peaceful. Like I would, yeah. I used to watch CNN every single day, and they would seriously only show the distraction caused by the protests. Are and you then joking? Twenty-four-seven, Ines. I promise you, CNN only showed the distraction. Oh and my then I would gosh. go on Twitter. Yeah, and then I would go on Twitter and Instagram, and I will see like thousands of people peacefully protesting and being attacked by officers and I just thought this this just doesn't make sense why don't the media show that some things I've read about is that sometimes there are like bricks in the where when a where a protest begins so it like ignites you know ignites the flame in them to just throw the bricks and become like uh, an you know a not peaceful um uh, protest yeah and that's ridiculous that's ridiculous i mean sure. they're protesting about something even if you don't agree why ruin it exactly it's it's i think it's one of those cases where it's just people that kind of want to start a fight they're they are not there for the cause but they just you know like the idea of being out and causing trouble but since you said fake protesters we have these amazing um, anti-protest, you, you can't even call them protesters, but the, the newest protest in, um, in, the, in London from people who are against the Black Lives Matter movement and they're protesting the Black Lives Matter movement. And it's really interesting because um, Black Lives Matter movements, uh, the protests in England so far have been really peaceful. And then you see them coming, of course, most of them are like white middle-aged men or 30-year-old men, 40-year-old men, yes. And they are throwing things. They are um, swearing, shouting. Um, I think someone like peed on a memorial. What? Um, yes. They're attacking the police. It's ridiculous. Like they're, if they're trying to prove a point, they're doing the opposite. Like they're mm-hmm. making themselves look ridiculous and then of course Trump had to go on Twitter as he always does yes Anastasia has some um, tweets from Trump they are a bit boring but funny so she's just gonna read them out it's not Uh, exactly funny I think like my I wanted to gouge my eyes out I always do when I go to Trump's Twitter account yeah but I had not the word because he's the president. But now, if it was like someone, you know, 
a, an irrelevant person. We would just laugh and call him a lunatic. <laughs> so he wrote on May 29, these thugs are dishonoring the memory of George Floyd and I won't let that happen. Just spoke to Governor Tim Walls and told him that the military is with him all the way. Any difficulty and we will assume control, but when the looting starts, the shooting starts. Thank you. I think this was the actually the tweet that Twitter um, kind of took down because it said it okay. glorified violence. It does. I mean, does. bringing in the military. I mean, oh my god, that man is crazy. So on May 29th, he hides in the bunker and then he makes a speech <laughs> with a Bible, like saying that oh, he's yes. going to bring in the military. I forgot about that. The fact that they pushed away protesters so he can go and take a photo with the freaking Bible in front of a church just to take yeah. a photo. The president of the United States, ladies and gentlemen. He was in a reality show. I'm not that surprised. I mean... So the thing about this tweet, there, there are a lot of things wrong about this tweet. Um, the one thing that people compared it to is from another tweet from May 1st where he was talking about white people protesting about another matter where he said the governor of Michigan should give a little and put out the fire. These are very good people, and, but they're angry. They wow. want their lives back safely. See them, talk to them, make a deal. So when it comes to white people protesting, Trump wow. is just good all the people. way. Yes, but when it comes to black people, he calls them thugs but. and he threatens shooting them. And actually, I took the liberty of researching two things about this tweet. One was the, uh, the saying, when the looting starts, the shooting starts, because it wasn't just the fact that he said the shooting starts that kind of put people off. It was the entire sentence, mm -hmm. which was actually taken from a Miami police chief called Walter Headley, who was really famous in the 1960s for his violent um, acts against black protesters. Oh, oh, okay, yeah. The guy sense. is openly racist and then he goes yeah. on TV and it's like, no, I didn't mean it like that. I didn't know where he came from. Yeah, right. I, yeah, just, right. Hope, I just hope the elections do happen. There isn't anything like in Poland where they just, um, just Cut, out, cut off the elections because of the coronavirus situations. They do the elections and he just gets out of the government. Okay, oh, yeah. Let's continue. Yes, I think I saw it on Twitter somewhere. Um, you know how the, actual, the military actually came in some places and um, officers became more aggressive. Corfew was imposed after yeah. a while. I mean, it was imposed in many different areas for a week. Mm -hmm. um, and the the officers would start shooting, even in p peaceful protests, like not just in those that kind of escalated. And I looked up the protesters' law in the um, U.S. law, and it actually says that police may not break up a gathering unless there is a clear and present danger of riot, disorder, interference with traffic, or other immediate threat to public safety. First of all, interference with traffic. There was lockdown. No one was moving around. Yeah. Second of all, there was no threat of a riot there. People were literally kneeling in front of oh, police officers. I remember that one. And you know, there used to be there were videos of like people kneeling down and then the police officers kneeling down as well. But uh, what is said is that in some of these videos, after they stopped shooting the video. He would just stand up and start shooting again. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they they just stood there for hours, and the moment it struck, I think like nine or eight or the curfew time, they started shooting uh -huh. people and like hitting people and throwing gas at them. I used to, uh, I watched a lot of Instagram stories from people that were there, and it was horrific. So next day on May thirty first, the protesters needed some help, and who came to help them? Anonymous. Anonymous yes. hadn't been out because the real secretive, uh, secretive, they were never caught. No one knows who they are. We we just know, you know, the mask. They're really good hackers, so they hack a lot of government files 
and this they decided to just rise from the shadows because of the of Trump's response and just release some uh, government documents to see if this would change, you know? So something they released, do you know Jeffrey Hepstein? Mm-hmm. So I've been, yeah. I'm actually, I started watching his documentary, uh, the documentary, Netflix documentary about him and what and his crimes on May 31st, when Anonymous rose from the shadows. <laughs> so it was like, what? Because I got really spoiled because I didn't know what had happened to Jeffrey Epstein Wait, uh, after the investigation. Did Anonymous play parts in Jeffrey Epstein's charges? No, no, no. I'm going to explain what they released. Oh, okay. So, uh, if you don't know, uh, Jeffrey Epstein, uh, you know, molested a lot of and, you know, raped a lot of underage girls. And he had a lot of, you know, friends who would do the same. He would get the girls for them. And he was really close to like Bill Clinton and Donald Trump and the girls spoke up and there was an investigation and he was charged and he went to prison, basically, that's it. So um, Anonymous released uh, government documents that said that Trump was involved in this crime and that he, so supposedly Jeffrey Epstein killed himself in prison, he's dead now, but uh, now Anonymous say that it was Donald Trump who killed him, so he wouldn't talk about his involvement in the crime. Yeah, so that's what Anonymous released. They released a lot of other, other stuff, also um, about the Brazilian president. I don't know if you know much about him, Bolsonaro. I do, yeah. Yeah, he's kind of a stupid man. So they also yeah, I remember him from stuff. the Amazon fires when he did nothing for weeks. Yeah, and now he says coronavirus is, is fake and that Brazil can endure this and now Brazil has even more cases than the UK, so... Oh yeah, <laughs> that's ironic. But yeah, that's what Anonymous did. They came to give us a hand and they helped us a lot. And it was also honestly, a dash of positivity. I honestly think Anonymous are like a family business at this point because... <laughs> They've been around for a while, like they they must like recruit people or something. Yeah. It's just my conspiracy they, theory over here. I, I had a dinner the other day. Where With we an anonymous? <laughs> no, no, where we conspired a lot about oh. anonymous. And like, they probably can't even tell their families they're from anonymous. It's so crazy. It's like So awesome. I'd love, yeah. you know? I, I should have learned how to hack. Ah, just a missed opportunity. <laughs> so another really memorable thing that happened is that a lot of people dedicated um, one day are called and Tuesday called Blackout Tuesday, where they literally just, I think they put like black pictures on their Instagram and Twitter feeds, and they stopped. Um, posting and in in solidarity with the black matters movement so i myself was one of the people that uh, put out a black photo and yeah same same yeah um i think everyone did it but the um argument from a lot of people was that the whole point of the black lives matter movement is that you make your voice heard and that you advocate for it but you don't remain silent so being oh. silent for a day is actually giving the other side power mm-hmm. instead of kind of, you know, making uh, your point known. Yeah, I remember that because of Blackout Tuesday, there was something that Trump did. Oh, no, mm-hmm. I think it was because of the Trump speech about the military thing, since it happened on June 1st. On yeah. June 2nd, not a lot of people knew about it because of Blackout Tuesday. Because oh. everyone was, was like posting just black pictures, so the information was getting lost. So yeah. what people were saying throughout the day was to put the hashtag Blackout Tuesday instead of um, Black Lives Matter. Because if you did just put Blackout Tuesday, like if you still search for Black Lives Matter, it would appear different posts, you know? Yes, yeah, so, because sometimes they use like different hashtags. Mm-hmm. I think like the most important thing um, during that day was to put up those pictures 
and but the most important thing was just to not put your regular content and a lot of people kind of lost that memo they thought you just put up the picture and just stay away from social media which was not the case uh, you know actually i woke up a bit late that day and i didn't know about the movement before the actual day so when i went on twitter i thought um on instagram i thought I, my internet connection was was bad really bad because like it didn't load the pictures Oh, yeah, you know, I actually learned about Blackouts Tuesday from you. I saw it first from you and I was like, what is that? I mean, we live to learn. We make mistakes. We learn from them. That's the most important part. So after literally a week, a week of protesting, three other officers were charged for um, aiding and abating with the murder of Floyd. And the charges for Chauvin were... Um, elevated from third-degree murder to second-degree murder and all of that after a week of protesting which to be honest it shouldn't have taken a week of protesting for this to happen at all but it just goes to show that their voices were heard and people were heard and that this movement actually changed things or started changing things I think like in the beginning they weren't even being um, uh, being trialed like they weren't even gonna be uh, charged with anything they were just fired from the police yeah. departments but that changed and it was because of the protests which means that it's already changing something yeah. can you imagine how much racism is internalized to the point where they don't care they don't care if if um the officer killed a black man brianna taylor who died in march had i think there were three police officers that barged into her house shot her eight times while she was sleeping with her boyfriend what and they, yes yes they, they shot her eight times and they weren't fired i think they barely got a pat in the back and the the issue was not raised until um may until yeah. george floyd um, and that was around the time where um new bills were starting to be introduced and um, I think Senate bill started introducing a bill about um, uh, body cameras for officers. Body, for... body cameras. Oh, to see his behavior. Yes, exactly. And then on June 5th, um, there was a vigil held for Breonna Taylor, who would have turned 27 during that time. And actually, fun fact about Breonna, which is um, really ironic, to be honest with you, is that Louisville actually passed Breonna's law that is um, kind of that banned no-knock warrants and introduced body cameras. However, a lot of people are speaking out because guess what? There is a law about Breonna's murder, but the officers that killed Breonna have not been charged. The ones that you said shoot her eight times. Yes. Yep, they have not been charged. The Louisville's deputy general counsel actually said that the officers cannot be charged because the, con- the investigation until the investigation is complete because of the lack of indisputable evidence of wrongdoing. So in their eyes, the officers still have not done anything wrong. Oh my god! But like, uh, is there proof? There's proof, right? I don't know. I think that's why they're trying to introduce the body camera so they know yeah. what they're doing. But I think, yeah, it's the lack of evidence. However, like, you know it was them. It's probably from witnesses or um, usually when you call on officers to go check on something, you, you do it on the walkie-talkie, on the radio thing. So you know which officers are going where. But that just like reinforces the fact that the police system in the US has been messed up for a long time. And on June 7th, the Minneapolis City Council pledged to disband police department and process, process? No. Um, yeah, the process has started for to end the Minneapolis Police Department, actually. I thought it was already disbanded. Yeah. Which is actually, this is a bit, to me it sounds weird, because you want to rectify something, you want to kind of make it better, you want to bring good cops there, because like those cops were bad, does not mean that cops are not needed, because you know, 
a lot of things happen. I think what they should have done is just fire every single police officer that has done something or has indicated um, violent behavior and brought 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 in good ones because mm-hmm. you, you still do need police. You still do need like the protection of police, but you need police that you can trust. Yeah. So. A hundred percent agreed. Yeah, it's really, it's really. I don't know. Like, I don't see the point of disbanding the police. I see the point of like renewing the police. Mm-hmm. I don't know. What do you think? No, no, I completely agree. But I think they want to disband so they can reinstitute. I think. I mean, oh. yeah, there is. It's impossible to have a city without the police department. I believe. I mean, yeah. just imagine it will be like the purge. I mean, the US is a bit <laughs> like the purge, but yeah. God, that was a terrible movie. <laughs> yep. I really do want to watch it again. <laughs> anyway. Okay, maybe that was stupid of me. I'll need to check that. If that's true, then I'm just being stupid. But if it's not, come on, people. Okay, so because this is getting a little bit too long, as always, um, before we get into our interview, we want to touch upon one last thing that kind of stood out during the protest. Um, And that is um, the latest development of statues being taken down by protesters. Um, a lot of statues have actually already been taken out and some of them are being petitioned to be taken down. One of them is, I think, Ines, you told me about it. Is it Edward Colson? Yes, Edward Colson. That was in uh, um, Bristol, but they did not, I mean, they took it down and they threw it into the river. Oh yeah, I saw the pictures of that. that. Yeah, <laughs> that's all I know about that one. But the interview, he might touch upon it Oh, okay, some preview. Okay, okay. Um, well, what I know about um, from about Edward Colson, because I did my research, is that wow. He was, yeah, thank you. <laughs> I'm always prepared. <laughs> um, he was an American and a slave trader who actually moved a hundred thousand slaves from Africa to the Caribbean and America in the span of 16 years in the 1600s. So he was a really popular slave yeah. owner. And it kind of started the whole debate of why do you um, keep statues of people that do not really represent like the population and do not show respect to the majority of the population of America and England. Mm-hmm. Um, I think in America, they took down a Confederate monument in Minneapolis. Um, but And they even took down in Belgium and, um, statue of King Leopold I. However, right now, uh-huh. yeah, um, like people that you would, you know, you learn about them in history. Um, but, like, speaking of people that you learn about in history, especially in England, a lot of people really want to take down Churchill um, statues. Who? Um, Who? Churchill, Winston Churchill, the Prime Minister. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, it, I didn't hear. It's not that I don't know. I totally know. Oh, okay. So, Winston Churchill is actually mostly known for um, guiding Britain, leading Britain, Britain, oh my god, through World War II and his accomplishments during that time. However, what a lot of people don't know or neglect to know is all these like, racist behavior towards people of Mm-hmm. You know, darker skin, especially in India and in many other in Pakistan and like he's I think he's gone to war in um let me check in Afghanistan where he killed a lot of people there. Um he said at some point that he was concerned that Cuba would turn into another black republic. And he actually yeah. is yeah way to go, Churchill. Huh? Um, and he's actually um, responsible of the 1943 famine in India that killed 4 million people. And concentration camp, camps in Kenya that killed uh, 150,000 men, I think. No, it, I think they were held in the concentration, in the tr- concentration camps and they were raped, beaten, um, killed, and he just didn't care at all he was one of the people responsible if not that is not shown on the crown 
that is really not shown on the crown. And you know where else it's not shown? Yeah. The Darkest Hour. I was really impressed by The Darkest Hour. Ah! Yeah. Gary Oldman made an adorable Churchill. But in reality, like, the movie didn't touch upon what he did outside of England. And nothing has touched upon uh-huh. what Churchill did outside of England. Like, I have to know. say that... I mean... I'm a bit shocked because I didn't know, but I'm also not a big sh- bit shocked because after all, he was a, a, a dominant, you know, politician and he was conservative and blah, 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 really conservative. So I'm not that shocked, but it's weird that they don't touch upon that on TV shows and on movies about him. They just want all rainbows and butterflies and that's definitely not the case most of the times, but Regarding statues, like I wanted to ask you if, um, like, if any t- uh, statues were taken down in Greece until now, because oh. in Portugal there were. Really? Which one? Yes. So the one I was like, the one that people talked more about. I'm not sure if there were statues taken down, but I know that a lot of them were vandalized. And one of them that I know in more detail because I didn't know why why was he why did people say he was racist? So I searched uh, about it. Oh, it was a, a Portuguese priest. Oh. Uh, I'm gonna. He <laughs> was a. Uh, it's alright. He was a Portuguese priest, Padre Antonio Vieira, who we actually have to learn about in Portuguese because he made a, a boo. A, he preached. To f- the fish, and the fish were a metaphor wait. to humans. Wait, um, wait, wait, wait. You mean like, because the, the picture in my head right now is just someone going to the sea and being like preaching to the fish that are to swimming. the fish. Yeah, I mean, I, <laughs> it was just a metaphor. The fish were the men, and then he would say like the octopus are a type of man or something like that. So I. Uh, yeah. It's a really it's sane w- and logical man. He sounds like a brilliant, brilliant man. I wish yeah. I had him. I liked it. I liked it. <laughs> but, um, so basically, he had like, the statue had like a red paint bath and it had written on it, Discolonize. Um, and it was because he used to preach, um, <laughs> he used to. <laughs> Basically, they did that to the statue because that preach used to ca- Catholicize, Catholicize <laughs> uh, the, Indian, the indigenous in Brazil. When we colonized Brazil, he was the one who like taught them religion and stuff. So people were like, mm, no, let's put red painting on him. That was basically it. That's what I know. I'll, I'll have to look him up. Um, but in terms of Greece, uh, I mean, here's the thing. Let's not be brass, because vandalism in Greece is a common thing. So, like, um, statues have been vandalized, but um, they weren't waiting for the Black Matters movement to vandalize the statues. They were already vandalized. It, it was fine. It was, they were like, okay, I'll just, I'll just add a little bit more um, to the many drawings already gracing the statues. So, no, no. Um, statues were already vandalized, some of them. Literally, we have, in, in my city, we have, um, I think we have Zeus or some kind of guy in um, our plaza. And he's, um, so the statue is large and he's sitting in a chair and they literally painted his nails. Amazing. His nails from his, from his fabulous. Fabulous. So they Harry were fabulous. There we go. But no, there were no, no statues. Um, actually, one more thing, uh, like, so the statues part was on June 7th that started. Yeah. And then another thing that started to rise on that time, so uh-huh. we end the chronology, uh, like, after this, we're going to end the chronology. The last thing we want to just mention is petitions. How yeah. can petitions change? Yeah, um, this is actually this is really useful because, you know, a lot of people come to and um, they, you know, they need to help somehow. And petitions are really 
really valuable because they help make issues known and they, um, for example, in England, if you get like, I think a thousand um, signatures in each like region, like in Sheffield, yeah. if you get a thousand signatures, the council will have to consider what um, oh. the issue at hand is. I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure. If it's, I think it's a thousand. Yeah. Um, so signing petitions in America and in England, it helps the government see um, the issue, like it brings the issue to their attention or like yeah. what we're asking. So petitions um, were really, really useful. It was a really, really useful weapon during this movement. And it continued in the day today, it's a really useful weapon because petitions are still running to this day. Were, uh, weren't it petitions that made the Breonna Taylor law like become a reality? I think so. I think I'm not so. sure. I'm but... not sure either. But they definitely played a role if they weren't like the cause. Yeah. Like it process with the petitions. And also, one, now that you've mentioned petitions, one thing, another thing that I need to mention, you know how a lot of people keep donating, especially in bail funds? to bail people out because they have been um, arrested for no reason by the police. Um, yeah. There are um, some people who have been extremely genius like and amazing and they have been making uh, YouTube videos um, full of ads and all the profits from the ads go to um, to funds. Oh. Yeah. oh my god, yeah! There's those playlists that have all of those videos so that you donate without spending money or something. Uh -huh. Yeah, and that was yeah. amazing because like a lot of people can't donate. Like I wanted to donate because uh, and a lot of other students or people that can't afford to donate can't do it. So those videos are really good and you can always sign petitions. Like the amazing thing is that there's always something to do. Um, yeah. There we go. So, Ina, I think, I think like we've been talking for so long and I'm really scared of all Length of this podcast. So the interview um, we have for you for this first podcast uh, is from um, a protest a protester from Bristol. Her name is AJ, and she actually organized a peaceful protest uh, in the outskirts of Bristol, and it went very well. So she's just gonna tell us a bit about it, perfect. and then we put the interview. Okay, so let's um, head on to the interview. Let's back and chat with you later. Um, why do you think this movement, movement is important now? Um, I think with everything that's going on in America and uh, the murder of George Floyd kind of kicking off uh, everything over there, it's really important to kind of push this movement and become aware of it. Especially, like, I think some people have become complicit or at least because there's laws in place that say that racism is wrong, that that means that there isn't any racism at the moment, which there is. Um, and I think with all the corona stuff going on, people have time to kind of educate themselves and raise awareness. So um, this started in the US with the George Floyd uh, situation. Uh, why do you think it's important to bring these protests to England as well? It would be wrong to say that racism only happens in the US. I live in, in a very white area in the UK and so I know a lot of people here, we'd like to think of ourselves as a really open community and, and we would be accepting of everybody but there just isn't that social mobility that allows people of color into kind of my area. Mm -hmm. And I think that really shows like the UK is not innocent and the UK is not like, oh, it's just happening in the US. Like the UK is definitely a part of it as well. So I think having a movement over here to show our solidarity, but also our awareness that like the UK is just not perfect and, and is part of the problem as well. Mm -hmm. So you organized a protest so can you tell me a bit more about it yeah like i said i live in a very white area um and i live near quite a big city called bristol and they were having their protest and me and my friend were talking but because of corona and kind of the health risks we knew that we weren't going to be able to go so we kind of sat down and were like okay well what can we do here in our village and where we live to show our solidarity 
our original plan was just us two and a couple of friends sitting on the high street with some signs. So we messaged kind of our village uh, Facebook page where everyone kind of discusses what's going on and kind of let people know, hey, we've got this idea. Would people be okay with it? Um, And we had some people like come back to us with their concerns, which were completely like sensible, a lot of concerns about health and safety. And on the other side of it, we had loads of people say that they wanted to do it as well. So what went from three or four people turned into 60. And like I said, I live in a very small village. So that was like amazing in itself. So we ended up having to move where we were doing it to somewhere a little bit more spacious so we could make sure that everyone was uh, socially distancing. That's nice, taking this whole situation into account. Do you think like the major protests are taking this? the the coronavirus outbreak into account i think they are most like i looked into the bristol one and they Mm -hmm. were really like make sure you bring masks make sure you bring hand sanitizer please try to stay distant but i think at this point especially in the uk there's been so much kind of miscommunication from the government and confusion over what the guidelines mean Mm -hmm. that even if we get a second spike i wouldn't blame the protesters because they have been trying really hard to kind of keep themselves safe and keep other people safe that's good so can you just describe to me like the atmosphere on the day of your protests how did you feel how was the environment um i was pretty nervous to begin with we'd been up all morning uh setting up like markers so everyone was uh, distance from each other we'd put signs up yeah we kind of were sat in this field with just the two of us waiting for people to show up and then you know one person comes in two people and then so on and so forth until mm-hmm. there was like 60 of them and i remember like there was a moment i gave a short speech basically just thanking everyone and uh talking about how even in our small community it means a lot to do something like this um and we had a moment of silence and seeing all those people and just the atmosphere of that was so like tense and emotional and I cried and my friend cried and we were all like a mess because it was so, it just felt like a proper community Mm. and so nice to be a part of something like that. That's nice. So um, talking about the protests like uh, near you, so in Bristol, what did you think about the protesters throwing the statue of Edward Colston in the river? Yeah, (laughs) I'm quite impressed with them, honestly. Uh, (laughs) I did look into it afterwards. Um, The people that did it had organized to do it the day before. They'd set up whilst everyone else was protesting. They made sure everyone was safe. Um, And Colston just isn't a good guy. Bristol and place outside of Bristol, myself included, have been like petitioning and talking about getting that statue removed. And Colston also has a haul Mm -hmm. um, because he basically spent loads of money he made trading slaves to build stuff in the city. And we like we've been trying to get that renamed and the statue taken down for years peacefully and nothing happened. So. I'm not 100% like, yeah, we should destroy everything that he made, but I'm not against them taking down the statue at all. Yeah, I understand. If that, like, if you had tried, like, peacefully, I think I totally understand. Yeah. Did the past few weeks make you more aware of what racism is and how it manifests? Um, I'm quite lucky I come from a very left-wing family. Mm -hmm. And my grandma grew up in Louisiana in the States. And she was, she's very liberal, but her parents weren't. So I've always been brought up with the idea that like, we have a lot of privilege and we come from a family that used that privilege to do bad things. And so I've, we've always been very much fight for the little guys, go to protests march against apartheid and all of that i think what this time's allowed me to do is kind of review myself in that position and like okay this is a movement that is happening now whilst i am alive it is my generation it's allowed me to kind of help other people understand their privilege and i've been kind of trying to use my voice to help amplify the people that need to be at the forefront of this 
Mm-hmm. Um, so, what impact do you think the movement will have in the future? I would hope that it would help do a lot of change systematically. Mm-hmm. Um, I know some places in the U.S. have now disbanded their police departments, which is a good thing. It, it basically means that they're going to refund projects that actually help the community. And I think that's something that if we had a kind of worldwide police reform, a worldwide system reform that can help get rid of that racism. Because like today's generation and my generation, the one below me is like the most liberal I've ever known. So if it doesn't happen now, it's going to happen eventually. And I think those in charge need to start listening to us. But do you think like this will change just in the US and the other countries will just support like what is happening in the US so you think there's going to be like an international change? I think the US is the focus point Mm -hmm. but I wouldn't want any country to think that they can fly below the radar just because the US is doing it worse. I I hope that there is a worldwide kind of reformation here. Really nice uh, interview. She's really, really I, I, love I really enjoyed chatting with her. Like, it was fantastic. But do you have any comments to do about Actually, the yeah, interview? I was taking notes um, throughout the interview and she said some really great things. Some things that I, 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 I even neglected to mention. Um, I love how she said that people now have more, more time because of COVID-19 because that's something I've been thinking of as well. I don't think, um, in the beginning of the podcast, you asked me why this movement is different from the other one. And I yeah. I truly believe that it's because of COVID-19 that yeah. they're not working. There is nothing else in the news other than COVID-19 and now Black Matter movement. So, like, you couldn't escape from the movement. You, you would either um, look at news about COVID-19 or Black Lives Matter movement. It would be confronted us finally. We can escape it. We have to see what is going on. And that's why, yeah. But on the other hand, like, I'm just, I, I understand and I agree with you and AJ, but on the other hand, like, I'm, I'm, I, she said that if there's a second spike in England, it's not because of the protesters. And I totally agree with that because from what I've seen, they're wearing masks and, you know, like normal, uh, you know, in normal life, in, in the normal day, in a daily basis, British just don't use masks. Like, a fr- uh, did I already tell you about this, uh, about the malt thing? Did I already said the malt thing? Uh, no, you didn't. No? Okay. Then I'm going to say uh, but in a normal, but in a normal day, on a daily basis, British just don't use masks. I was talking to a friend of mine, and he told me uh, he went to Meadow Hall, in in a Sheffield, which is a mall in Sheffield, and uh, people were not wearing masks, like out, uh, outside of the stores, because inside of the stores it's like compulsory, yeah. but outside it's not compulsory, so they just was, uh, weren't using it in a closed space, and they would look at the people that were using masks, like, you know, on the side, like, uh, they were yeah, judging the people that, yeah, they were judging the people that were wearing masks. Still, I mean, before, that was a common thing in, in, in the Western world. We were not used to wearing masks. So if someone was wearing a mask, we thought they were sick. And, uh, although that is a really common practice in the Eastern world. Yeah. However, it's coronavirus and they still they're still judging and looking like like what the hell are you doing if people are wearing masks why is this why and it's so funny because those are the people judging those that go to protest and yelling like oh they're gonna bring back a second uh, spike and i love that i saw someone on instagram say that um because pubs are going to open soon in england they're all like to those who were shouting at protesters to not go outside because of COVID-19, don't you dare go to a pub now. And it's they so will. Oh, they definitely will. And they will they not be wearing a mask. Yeah, I don't think the protest is going to be the, no. the problem here. No, it's not. Sorry, sorry for moving out a bit of topic. Like, no, no, no. basically, what I was 
concluding is that in England, I don't think a second spike will be because of processes. However, this is such a huge dimension in the, in the US and they have so many cases already that I think that protests will contribute to a second spike as well. Yeah. Well, That's what I think, but, but I, think I mean... No, no, no. Of course, a lot of protests have precautions, but like there's so many that I'm sure that it's not all of the, like even the fake protests or something like that. Mm. They're there, and the fake protesters. That that's what I meant. They're there, and they can also spread the coronavirus. You know. Anyway. Um, anyway. So the other thing that she said and we didn't mention, thing people are asking to defund the police. Um, that is really interesting, like, um, kind of sway the uh, funding and put it to other um, agencies and places in, like, local communities that actually make a difference, which is true. And I think it would be really useful, like, to, to, to help fund things that actually make a difference instead of people that keep hurting the society instead of protecting it. Yeah. Um, I've been watching a lot of TV shows, a lot of series, uh, Netflix shows, uh, because of quarantine, of course. And like in every single one of them, police messes up. People are just expecting that police in America will mess up. Unbelievable, Versace, OJ, but everywhere, everywhere. Yeah, that's so true. It's, it's ridiculous. It's, it's, you know, an institution that needs a lot more attention, like scrutiny, not just attention, because those are the people that are supposed to make us feel safe. Yeah. Anyway, um, just to end this, um, I want to mention one last thing before we conclude this podcast. So before I say like my turn, what, what do you think about All Lives Matter? Okay, so, <clears throat> so like just to annoy my friends, I, <laughs> when we talk about hashtag all lives matter, I just say like, oh my God, guys, why don't you support all lives matter? Because like Chinese lives matter, Muslim lives matter, you know, like every lives matter. It's not just, I'm sorry, but it's not just black lives matter. But I, this is me just kidding. Of course, I believe all lives matter. Like I, I, everyone should believe that all lives matter. It's just uh, inconvenient to use this hashtag now. Yeah. We, like in America, the racism towards black people is gig gigantic, and we have and we're trying to change that with all these protests. But yeah, in England as well. I mean, it because it started in the U.S. That's what they wanted to change, like uh, in the beginning of this movement, and that's what we have to focus on now. I mean, all lives matter, but that should be always, you know. Now we have to focus on this and not be against each other because we because some think that Black Lives Matter is like being racist towards other races and it's not. Yeah. That's what um, I think. So Billie Eilish actually came out with a statement that said something that kind of stuck with me. You know how if your house is on fire and you call um, the fire and rescue um, they like they won't stop to every single other house because all houses matter. They will come straight to your house yeah. without your fire. Uh, <laughs> exactly. But, oh my yeah, god. Like <laughs> all all lives matter, but at this this point, like black lives are at stake. Black yeah. lives are where we should focus on. And also, someone else that I'm not sure if I heard it, but because a lot of people are putting up speeches on Instagram, like I or YouTube and I don't know if I heard it from one of those or if I read it in like um, a book I've been reading called White Fragility but um, they said uh, whoever it was I'm gonna look it up later I'm so sorry um, they said that all lives cannot matter if black lives don't matter and um, so far like black lives haven't had the quality and that other lives have and they didn't get the respect that other lives did, and statistically, they've had they've um, been dealt the hardest. Um, I don't know what the expression is, the hardest hand or something. It's it's that it's like it's not about all lives matter. It's about where you put your focus on. And right now, exactly. It's 
I just want to stress that I do think that other minorities like also suffer racism, of course. I mean, when this coronavirus started, mainly in England, because that's where I lived at the moment, there was so much racism towards Asian people because because they would say, oh, these people um, have coronavirus, get out of here or something like that. Or when there's a terrorist attack. Also, I'm mentioning England because that's where I lived uh, when like last year's attacks happened. You would look at them as last, not last year, 2000. You know the one in London. No, there, there was uh, the most recent one was in London in a bridge. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah it was. Last I don't know if it was last year or 2018, whatever. Recent times when I was living in England. And then people would look at Muslims and say, oh, you're a terrorist, okay? And there's a lot of jokes about that as well. And, of course, there's racism towards these people. And I think we can, we should focus on that as well, but not right now, because yeah. now we're all sticking together for a cause. It's what we have to do when this movement the hype goes down. Because me and Anastasia have been talking about this movement uh, hype, you know, now being going on, people are not yeah. posting as much things. So, uh, what we have to do after this movement hype is going down, because it's going to happen, and it's fine, is that we just have to normalize not being racism against this race, and it's what we have to continue doing with the other races. Sorry, you yeah. say it's no, no, <laughs> I, I love the way. No, I love the way you said everything. I think what you said is correct. Like I acknowledge that this is not an easy. And that racism is so internalized at this point because it's not like, oh, you're racist. It's not like um, it's a, they call it a, a systemic. Um, mm-hmm. It's internalized to the point where it's, it's a system of its own. It's, yeah. So it's all about kind of, um, kind of just looking at yourself and actually reviewing like how you act and the way you think and the stereotypes you unconsciously follow and um, act according to. It's an ongoing like educational journey we have yeah. to take for the rest of our lives, but one that is, um, it's been a long time coming and we owe it to yeah. some black in the black community to do so. Um, yeah, yeah. Now is the impact. Now it's like, think about what you think. Think about what you think. Learn how to think. I'm kidding. I don't know what I'm saying. Well, actually, okay, so this is this sparks another like type of conversation about racism in general and white privilege, which we are going to talk about on our next episode. It's gonna be all about um the the systemic racism in England and our white privilege and all of that and we have amazing interviews there. And also what has gone wrong in the US to end up like this? So, we're gonna go deeper into the background of racism and everything in our next episode. We don't wanna keep you any longer. I think we've been talking for long enough. Yes, oh my god. <laughs> I um, We're sorry. We, we like to give our opinion. That's why we created this show. Anyway, thank you so much for joining us for on our first episode of um, Chatter. Thank you.